last, we'll be first. What a day, I'm telling you. Hey everybody, this is Jimmy and Annette, and of course our puppy dog Chevy's with us. Oh, he's looking at me right now like, why are you saying my name? He's actually in Annette's lap right now, but we want to welcome you to our podcast. This is Living Up in a Down World, and that is our heart, that is our passion for you, is that we want you to live up while the world seems to be going down. And another part of that, this is that we want to make faith real for the rest of us, because it can be complex, it can be tricky. There's a lot of stuff out there, but we want to bring things and, and principles and scriptures and the Bible. We want to, first of all, we want to bring it to life, but we also want to bring it down to where people live because it needs to be something that's practical and life-giving. And so that's why we're here. I want to welcome you. This is actually season one, episode four. Can you believe we're on number four already? Is it four? Four. Oh my goodness. I know. It's crazy. We were so sick for the with well, the first, this second and third one, we were really. No, I was sick the first one. You yeah, just you were sick the first one. Yeah. Well, anyway, we've been sick for like thirty days of UG, and we're coming out of it now. We're doing a lot better, feeling better. I'm feeling the cough more is human. still lingering. Yeah, the cough is. Yeah. So, what do we need to do in advance for all these precious people that are listening? We need to apologize. <laughs> yes. We're going to go ahead and say, "Excuse nipples. me now." <laughs> yes. <laughs> excuse us. We're we'll get it over with. But we're but we're just going to go with it anyway. So it seems like everybody right now has got a lot. Yesterday at church, so Annette and I pastor a wonderful church in the Texas Hill Country called Bridge Church Fredericksburg. We we live right outside of Fredericksburg, Texas. It is a beautiful, beautiful area of Central Texas. It's a huge wine country. It's a big, it's a resort town, and so it's a real destination for a lot of people. So we love living in Fredericksburg in the Hill Country, and we love our church and our church family. We're in a really good season right now. We're growing. There's a lot of energy. I mean, there's so much buzz in the room and God is moving. And the way I always say it is from C.S. Lewis, Aslan is on the move. And that's exactly what we're experiencing. And in our mentality there, I said this yesterday, I just got to say it out loud, is we're not chasing revival. We're not asking for and say, oh God, send revival. We're saying this out loud. We are a revival. I am a revival looking for a place to happen. Right. And our buckets are full and they're leaking out. We're making beautiful messes everywhere we go. Amen? Amen. Gosh, I got all preachy right yeah, there. I can't help it. I'm well, excited. A preacher has to preach. Preacher's got to preach. That's exactly right. And a wife's got to what? Laugh at the preacher. <laughs> right. So yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to share our stories with you. The whole idea and what we're in, wanting to do is share some of our life experiences and stories where we have seen God move. And we're talking about disappointment. We're talking about failure. We're talking about disillusionment. Well, people think that because we're pastors, we've had this charmed life and have never had to deal with the things that people have to deal with on a daily basis. Wait, I thought our lives were perfect. <laughs> no, far from <laughs> it. But they are in God. They're just no, not in right. this world. But the thing is, is we feel like it, it's imperative that people know that we're real, that we're transparent, that we have issues and challenges just like everybody else. And yep, we're just going to throw them out there and let yeah. everybody know the things that we've been through. But if if we did not have God in our life, we could not have gotten through the things we have, period. 
Amen to that. Yes. And, you know, I think I said this on our prior show, but we've always said we're never going to hide our scars. No. We're going to be transparent and no secrets, no, no leverage. leverage. And so that's just, these are things that mark our lives, are core values of ours that we've held for 30 years together. It's how long we've been married. And uh, I, I say something all the time, Annette doesn't appreciate it because I'm still a 12-year-old for the most part. <laughs> but I always say we show up and we throw up. And it sounds gross, but really that's what we do. We, we want people to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly because it's all a part of the fabric of our lives just as it is yours and we don't want to hide any of that. There's no need to. There's this misnomer about Christians and about pastors that that they're just up on this pedestal and they've got it all together and they've got it all figured out and I'm just telling you, I've been doing ministry now professionally in that in the sense of as a vocation career for 38 years and I'm telling you, I've been telling everybody today because today is a special day for me Today is your 61st birthday. Happy birthday to me. 60 years young, right? 61. 61 years. Oh, my gosh. Don't remind me. 61 is is the new 41 is what right. I'm saying. So, right. But I am. I'm still a 12-year-old in my heart and my mind, and so um, I'll tend to say things that are kind of raw and rash. But I'm learning, and we're growing, but we're not there yet. God is not finished. We're a work in progress. And so I want to talk about something that happened to us that has been one of the greatest blessings of our lives. And uh, it also came with great pain, great pain and great disappointment. Yes. So short version is this. Uh, we had moved out to Southern California to be a part of a growing church that was really experiencing what I would call revival. They were like, man, God was moving. It was in the high desert of Southern California, uh, kind of a playground area. I mean, it's uh, Apple Valley, Hesperia, Victorville, that area, just it's North San Bernardino County. It's up the Cajon Pass, which is this amazing where the San Andreas Fault have just ripped across the land. And so it's just really, it's a playground in a sense, part desert. And then you've got mountains and then you've got the coast. And we enjoyed all of that while we we're there. But what we really did is we learned a lot about what, what uh, God wants to do in a place that's difficult. Right. And so while we were there, Annette, you begin to have a burden for me for what? Well, when we met, my kids were teenagers. And at first, they they didn't have any trust for you because of, based on the situation that I came out of. And um, they soon saw how real you were, how transparent you were, but how much you loved me. But not just love, you showed respect for me, and they had never seen a man show respect for me. And it pretty much brought me to my knees to see my kids turn from this total distrust to, this is my dad, this is my dad. And you didn't replace their dad, but you were there for them in that moment when we were in California Mm -hmm. as their dad. Well, over time, I began to realize what a great father you are, and I wish that I could have a baby. We could have a baby together. I, I think we were still, what, late 30s at the time, uh, middle, middle to late 30s, and uh, wanted you to have a baby of your own because you were such a great father, and, uh, but there was no way that could happen. I had a hysterectomy when I was young, and so, and we didn't have the money for adoption, and uh, 
I, I began to pray and I talked to you about it and you agreed that if God is in it, he'll do it. Of course, we didn't know how he was going to do it. And I began to walk with my neighbor who lived across the street. And we walked um, several miles a day. And I remember her, what was her name? Gina. Gina. I remember, yeah, I couldn't remember her name. I remember talking to her and telling her of our desire to have a baby and that we didn't know how God was going to do it, but would she pray with me? So every day we prayed. We had an elders meeting um, at one point and brought it up to them, and they began to pray that God would do a miracle. And so, and all of our youth workers, we had 13 youth workers in our student ministry because our student ministry blew up and Mm -hmm. we were just growing and everything was really exciting. We shared it with them. I think probably shared it with the youth group too at one point. I don't know. And I know we had a lot of people praying for us to be able to adopt. Because they saw that too. They saw what great parents' potential you had for, you know, to start a family, but they saw what great parents. And to clarify, I had been married before. I had been married right. for 10 years. And never had children. And never had children of my own. So Annette just was really, really burdened about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like a heavy thing on you. It was. And I'll never forget, we got the call to, we just, well, we decided a little bit later that it was time to, to start our own church. And we, our church helped us move to ten, uh, to Texas. And we began to pray about where God would have us. And I remember we moved to Brownwood, started a church, and I went on a women's retreat of some sort or women's camp. I can't remember exactly what the details. And you called me because you got a phone call. Do you remember that phone call? Um, was it from? It was Gina. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, was Erica's Gina parents. And her daughter, Erica, was in our youth ministry. Right. And they and lived across the street. They were. She was neighbors. the one I was walking with yeah. every day, and she called and said, "I have a little challenge here. I got pregnant, and I know that you and Annette are praying for a baby, yeah. and I want to offer my baby to you for adoption." And y'all, I'll never forget. You called me, and I was at this women's uh, meeting, and I had a lot of women with me from our church. And I remember just screaming and running down the hall. And it was just, uh, everybody was like, are you okay? They thought maybe something happened to you. And I was like, no, you're never going to believe this. And so I, I literally couldn't wait to get home because I wanted to be with you while we talk about this and how it was going to affect the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was really interesting because the women of the church just came alongside us and the men and held up our arms and it was it was quite remarkable and we had just a wonderful few months we were celebrating i mean every day we got we were thanking god we were praying for erica obviously and her family as well because we knew it was going to be hard for them yes and uh so obviously we were concerned about their family we wanted to make sure they were okay so we were praying for them and uh it was just like amazing. We God's answered our prayer, and we prayed for years. Well, it wasn't didn't that long. Overnight. Actually, it was not as long as you think. But it, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't like ten years or anything. But it was, it was about less than two years. Hmm. Okay. So I mean, it was because we were only in California three years. Yeah. And we'd only been in um, Brownwood a year. Or so 
anyway, it was it was um, it was quite remarkable. All the circumstances that came together until we got a phone call, and the phone call was had to do with my our oldest daughter, and she was missing, and we couldn't find her. Remember that? Oh yeah. She had been married to someone, and she made a, made a wrong choice and uh, decided she had some shame and couldn't call us and talk to us about that because of the shame she was feeling. And I remember I wanted to share with her this news about the baby, and I couldn't because we couldn't find her. Remember how hard that was? We lost her, and, and no one knew where she was. And We, we went through all the holidays. Yeah. Christmas, Thanksgiving, yeah. New Year's, not knowing where She We didn't have a phone was. number. We didn't have any way to get in touch with her. Here she was in California. We were in Central Texas, and uh, we were grieving. We were praying. We were laboring over this in prayer. And, and someone did give us a phone number, but every time you called, it went to a, 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 voicemail. a voicemail that was generic. Yeah. So we didn't even know if that was her. Right. And I remember every month that went by, I was devastated. And I, I mean, who doesn't want to share good news with your family? And I'll never forget one day you walked into, I think it was the living room, and you said, where is that phone number? And I said, what are you talking about? And you said, that phone number of, of, of Alicia. And I said, well, you've called it, and nobody... Is answering. He said, no, I really believe the Holy Spirit told me to call right this moment. So we found that number, and you called that number, and Alicia answered. And I'll never forget hearing you say, I don't care what you've done. We yeah. love you. Please don't hang up. Yeah. And she began to share what had gone on and the shame she felt. And you said, we'll come get you. We'll, we'll do whatever we need to do. I got on the phone and began to talk to her. And I said, Alicia, I have been wanting to tell you my news. And she said, well, before you do, I want to tell you something. The reason why I answered the phone is because I had, I had made a bad choice. And I'd walked into the bathroom and I was about to commit suicide. And I, she said, I lifted up my head to God and I said, Show me a sign of why I should stay on this earth. And she said she heard the phone ring. She looked at the caller ID, and it said Jimmy Pruitt. We saved her life. You you saved her life. It was a total. I just told this story yesterday to a couple at church, so it's really fresh. But I'll never forget her saying that. And I was just dumbfounded. And I said, well, I have some news that I think is just going to bring you joy. First off, we're going to come get you if you'll yeah. let us. Yeah. And I said, because um, she loves kids, and, I, and she has two kids that she had left um, with her ex-husband. And I said, um, we have a child coming that, you know, she knew we had been praying for years, and I told her the whole story, and she said, well, I've got another thing to tell you. I'm pregnant. And our first reaction wasn't like some parents. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it could have been really bad. Yeah. And I think she was afraid of that. Right. Of course she yeah, was. Yeah, because she didn't know how we would respond. And we just said, 
Well, you know what? That's great. We can raise two babies at one time. Let's just bring you here. We'll set up two baby beds, which we did. We went and got her. Um, I, I met the father of the baby, and I was surprised at how much he looked like a young you. He was 25. You were almost, I guess you were 37. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it was, uh, in fact, I even asked him, I said, is this hard for you to let her go? Because she's coming here and she's having your baby. And he said, I know she's doing the right thing. Yeah. And I knew then, yeah, she was doing the right thing. So we brought her back and we just nursed her back to health. Alicia was, she had become, I mean, she was what, probably 110 pounds. Yeah, she was almost emaciated. Yeah, she, she was very, it was unbelievable. Was, I was kind of shocked. In really bad shape. Yeah. And uh, she didn't look pregnant. Yeah. And uh, it was quite, quite a tough time in our life because we're wanting to be happy, but we're having to help her through depression and mm-hmm. and uh but she just handled everything so well yeah and then a few i don't know a couple of months later we noticed that our phone hadn't rang because we had talked to the mother of our child every what i think every two weeks yeah pretty often she was we were talking and uh she was keeping us updated. By the way, when I went to pick up Alicia, because she lived in the general area, I was able to see the sonogram, found out we were having a girl. So I was really excited about that because I, I really wanted a, a girl, a little girl, because I, I knew you would want a little girl. And so um, so we got, you know, we realized that one time, it's been about three weeks since we got a phone call and uh, so we called Erica and I talked to her, the, talked to her to dad, the dad mm-hmm. and he said, what? He said, well, Jimmy, the reason we haven't called you is that Erica has changed her mind mm-hmm. and she wants to keep the baby. And uh, man, you might as well have hit me in the head with a hammer. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was devastating news uh, because we were so excited and felt like God had answered our prayer. Mm-hmm. And I remember having, to, I was I didn't know, should I be angry? Should I be indignant? Should I just say, and so I just said, well, okay. I mean, what do you say? You know, I I understood on one hand because this was their baby and, and their, it was their baby having a baby and we knew Erica, we knew them. And so we just, I hung up the phone and came in and I told you and, uh, wow, you just fell fell apart. apart. Yeah, it was. It was literally like losing a child. Well, you know, you know, we had already set up the two beds. And we knew one was a girl. We didn't know what the other child was, what Alicia's. We, she'd had several sonograms, nothing. So yeah. we didn't. And we had the sonogram and we're looking at looking it every at day, it thanking God knowing. for our baby. Yes. And then and here's. It was, it was over. It was gone. It was just, gone. She was gone just like that. I mean, like. I'll never forget. We, caught, we talked to the elders in our church in the. One Sunday morning, because we lived, our our apartment was attached to the church. It was kind of a strange deal, but it was attached. And I remember the elders' wives coming into the bedroom, pulling me out of bed, mm. putting me in the shower, making me take a shower. They said, you will not 
be depressed. We're not going to let you. Yeah. And I remember they grabbed all my sheets and blankets and put them somewhere where I couldn't get to them. They said, you know, they were trying to protect me. They were really trying to help me because they knew I was devastated. Right. And I remember them taking me into the church and everybody just coming alongside us and just praying for us. It was I, you couldn't preach. Oh, no, I was a wreck. We both <laughs> you were, were a wreck. wreck. Yeah. And after church, you said, I'm, let's, we're going to go to Grapevine Mills Mall. We're going to go to Dallas, and I'm going to take you to the mall. And I said, I don't, why? And you said, we're going to go, I'll never forget this. You said, we're going to go to Baby Depot. Remember that? <laughs> you said, we're going to go buy a, uh, what do you, a stroller. And I'm like, are you nuts? And you said, no. Annette, I know God told us we were going to have a baby, and we will have a baby within a year. You mark my words. I'll never forget you saying that. Do you remember that? I don't remember that specifically. I, I remember the gist of it, but I do remember us making the drive to Dallas-Fort Worth. We went to the mall. We, we went to Baby Depot, and you were you were tore up. I mean, we were putting on a good face because we were just out in public and stuff, but I remember I was over there test driving all the strollers because they were all new models that yes. were really cool, and I would say, oh, look at this one. This would work in our car, and you are like, what are you doing? I, I just And I just said, you know, we have to believe. And you, you said, we're going to walk by faith yeah. and believe that the God mm-hmm. who told us, who we prayed that this was a desire, that he was going to come through somehow, some way. I was convinced. Well, I don't know. We get home and it, I don't know the timing, maybe two months later, I remember walking into where we had given Alicia our master bedroom because it had a bathroom in the downstairs and I remember walking into the master bedroom, and she was awake, and I said, what do you do? Are you okay? And she said, Mom, I've been up all night. I said, why? What's wrong? Is it the baby? Is it?" She said, well, it is. And she said, I've been asking God, why can I not bond with this child? And she said, Mom, I knew, and I heard it just as plain as day. He said, because this child is for your mom and dad. (laughs) <laughs> I'm crying. It's okay to cry. It's a beautiful thing. I'll never Those are tears of joy. That. It was and powerful. I looked at her and I said, Alicia, you cannot say this to us and then change your mind. I cannot go through that again. I had just begun to heal and put myself in the place of I'm going to be a, a grandmother to this child mm-hmm. that she's having. And, I, you know, it's just... Yeah. Man, I had no idea. That it's it's like me. a waterfall of emotions that are cascading across yes. your mind where you're, you're, well, part of you is excited because you just heard something. And then the other part says, but, but what if no. she changes her mind? And she's our daughter. I mean, how do you how even, hard how do, that you even do that? Yes. I mean, this is new territory. And so when your own daughter says, I want you to, and she said, I want you to illegally adopt this child. And we're like, just like that. I mean, we need to talk about this. We need time because it was, uh, we were still in grief. We were right. grieving the loss. But do you remember she said, baby. let's go talk to the attorney mm-hmm. this week and the doctor. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. And we did. Yeah. And um, started the proceedings. And I was, I was a little nervous, but then over the 
last trimester, I just knew this was right. She was so excited. She would say, okay, come feel of the baby. We still didn't know what she was having. And she said, come feel on my tummy. Your baby's moving. And she she constantly referred to the child as ours. It was obvious that she had not attached. I've never seen anything like it. Right. Outside looking in, you might think that's cold, but we really saw that God was setting this up so that it wouldn't rip her heart out. Right. And so we knew God was in it. What was interesting is that some of the same people that were walking with us in the church that were so excited for us with the other child situation and had helped you navigate some of your pain, it was too much for them. They were like, oh, this this is not good. This this is not going to work because she's your daughter. She's going to want that baby back. And, And all of a sudden, what had started off as so positive, we started getting... I won't, say, I won't say attacked, but just negative and really judgment. I mean, it was just, it was heartbreaking for me as a pastor. And we were a young, new church. And just to see people turn that quickly. and it, it Again, it, disappointment. But the church didn't yeah. do it. People did. And yet, in my mind, I still knew God said. And so I didn't move off of that. I didn't let that no. keep me uh, from changing course or anything. All right. So let's, let's tell what So then... It comes time for her to deliver, and she, I think we go to the hospital like four times. I think she yeah. has the Braxton Hicks. They call Hicks. those all oh, Braxton yeah. Hicks, yeah. And finally, in the, this last time, she goes, and a lot of the church people were there oh, and we, stayed on. We had a ton of young oh college people. A lot, a lot of our college students were there. Yes. We, we filled up the whole lobby with our kids, <sighs> our, our young people, and mm. they were all spazzing and excited. You could hear Alicia down the hall, and they could hear her. <laughs> Screaming. And the nurses kept coming in. Y'all are going to have to be quiet. <laughs> and we're like, sorry, you know, not sorry. You know, right. it was a party. It was a celebration. And then, of course, we went through the labor mm-hmm. with Alicia. And I was in the room. You were in the room. The doctor was in the room. And when when the baby started to crown, what did I do? You Well, first off, you asked the doctor, can I feel Field I know. Like a, I was a shortstop like in what? Little League, so I was thinking like catching a baseball, like, a grounder. <laughs> you know, you scoop it up. Right. So I know. I'm not a doctor. I'm right. an athlete. So. I would not have said that that way, but you did. Yeah, um, and he, what did he say? No. Uh, no. But what did you do? You did it anyway. Well, I didn't do it completely. I just sort of bumped him out of the way when, <laughs> when he was, so when he was taking the baby out. Okay, well, what happened was, I, at first, I didn't want to look. Because it's my daughter and and Alicia, she's like in pain and she's screaming, very, very pregnant in delivery. And she's like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. You go look at that baby. So I stepped around and I just, I was overwhelmed with emotion. Yes. I mean, I don't know that I've ever felt what I felt then. I mean, it was new to me. You became a dad at that point. Instant. Moment. Instant. I, I've never seen anything like it. I've never experienced anything like that where there was an instant transformation in my thinking and in my heart. And that's when I bumped the doctor out of the way, kind of. <laughs> uh, you know, I played basketball too. I knew how to check somebody oh up. Gosh, I mean, so I, really? I basically screened him, you know. So anyway, uh, I mean, I really feel bad about that. But but anyway, so he did go ahead and 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 take the baby. And you got the, to cut and, the cord. And I asked if I could cut the cord. He said, yes, of course. So I cut the cord and and uh, 
And then they did the whole app guard test, and she ranked real high on that. So I felt like we scored a touchdown. Oh, oh my God. Nine point, nine. Everything's about sports. I know. We kind of say, it's like, we won. you Because know. that meant a lot to you. That app guard, you were going, oh, what is the test? Numbers. Oh, my gosh. So, so. There was a massive celebration in in the hallway, and when it, all our young people found out, and there was just um, yeah, I was transformed, you no were. doubt. What was beautiful about it is some of the congregants in our church had got some furniture together and some items for Alicia, and, and had an apartment ready for her yeah, to move yeah. into because That's they great. they were afraid if she came home to our house yeah. it would be difficult and so she they were able to get her into the apartment yeah. so we could take um yeah. the baby home and it <laughs> within a few days she was over at the house yeah. and she never but it was beautiful though. but she never yeah. ever felt like a mom people no said yeah. you're no going to go through postpartum depression right. She told them, no, I'm not, because God told me mm-hmm. that this is what is supposed to happen. Yeah. No postpartum at all. Yeah. So now our daughter's 22 years old, yeah. and our oldest daughter is still treats her like, she calls her sissy, yeah. and she still treats her like a sister. There has never been, and I've asked her over the years, have you ever had regrets? Nope. Never. And and so now, so we have we we had this newborn baby and we named her Rachel Faith. Faith. Rachel Faith Pruitt. And uh she's twenty two years old now and she's living on her own, sort of kind of. We're helping, We're helping. obviously. Because it's it's very and she expensive to live here. Decided in, in high school she was gonna go by her middle name. Faith. Changed her middle names, not changed it, but she went by her middle name because she loved the name Faith because it was really I mean, at the end of the day, we named her her middle name Faith because that's why she was here exactly. in this world. And so God gifted us the, the desire of our heart, and uh, it, is a, it was a life changer, a game changer for us and for our whole family. And in a package we didn't expect Exactly. And that's one thing that we learned. We learned so many lessons, and one of them is that, is that you can pray and you think God's going to do it one way, and it may even look like that's going to happen, like with Erica and that situation with Gina and them. And then when it didn't happen, you know, you just, you have a choice to make. Do you think, do you think you failed? You didn't have enough faith to believe? Do you think God played a trick on you? I mean, is that, is that the God we know? Is that our Abba Father? And he just play a trick on us and hand something and take it away? No, we knew, we knew by faith that there was a bigger thing at work. And that's why I said, we're going to Great Fine Mills Mall. We're going baby shopping. We're going shopping for stuff. And you thought I was crazy, but I know what I heard. And I I knew in my knower. Mm-hmm. I could say it to anybody. I know in my knower that God spoke to me. And I think that's the time when I really began to trust you and God in you. Because when you said that, I was at the peak of depression. Yeah. I was not in a good place. Yeah. And so when you said, we will, mark my words, within a year, we will have a child. And I'm thinking, how yeah. in the heck is that going to happen? Yeah. And you began to just, do you remember we got that book, Prayers, yes, prayers That Avail Much? And we began, yes, and we began to pray mm-hmm. over adoption just right. how and the 
the desire to have a child. Yeah. And man, for I our, watched your faith rise. I, I was shocked. I also want to say for those listening, we're not rock stars in faith. Let me just say something because even as those words came out of my mouth to you that we will have a baby, I was in a, I was having a mind war at the time because I continue, my mouth was saying these words and my mind was thinking, what are you saying? And what if, what if yeah. it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't happen? And, and so, just so you know, I mean, it might have sounded real bold to you, but it was, it was, I don't even know how to explain it. It was, I was two people at the same time. I was fearful that it might not happen, but I was confident that it would. And, and so that's the, it's not balance, it's tension that we live in. Right. And I want to encourage you listening. Our story, we wanted to share it because there were so many what seemed like misfires along the way or felt like our dream wasn't going to happen or it wasn't going to come to pass or or maybe we missed God. Maybe we didn't hear God right. And then when you had people being critical of us and saying this will never work and, you know, it went from support to criticism and and we had to. We had to navigate that pain. We had to navigate disappointment. We had to navigate even betrayal. Mm-hmm. There's a whole element to the story we hadn't told, but right. there was a betrayal of a close friend that just... That's another story for another It was devastating. <laughs> uh, and that was almost as hard as anything else in it. So, we, like you, we had to navigate disappointment, disillusionment, and pain, and grief. And know that... If it didn't take place the way we thought it would take place, maybe God had something better for us than even a child. And I will say this, you know, what's, what's, what needs to be bigger as Christians, trust or faith? <laughs> Some would say, well, it's the same thing. Well, kind of, maybe, maybe not. I think there's elements of each, but sometimes my trust is bigger than my faith because faith is real forward. It's 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 moving the ball down the field. It's really being forward thinking, declaring, speaking. Whereas trust is a little more passive, mm-hmm. where you're waiting upon the Lord and you're trusting that He knows, and I don't have to. See what I mean? Right. So there's a difference in that. And so for you listening, I mean, you may be facing things right now, and and you're trying to reconcile that tension between trust, faith, doubt, fear. And really, I think at the end of the day, what matters more maybe than faith in these situations is trust. Well, no, Do think, you trust God? Think, think about what we learn through this. We, A million things. We're but, still learning. Right. But to me, I learned how to trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. I learned how to rely and depend on Him. There you go. I, he, I, I woke up thinking about Him. I went to bed thinking about Him. My relationship strengthened yeah. because of the word of faith that you felt like God was going to give this to us. And it just, I believe we grew and we grew in the dark times. And there was a dark time in the middle of that that we'll share Mm -hmm. um, at a later time. But man, I, I believe that we grew and matured as Christians as we're continually doing. This isn't a one-time Yeah, it's an deal. ongoing journey. It's ongoing. It's yeah. ongoing. Well, that's our story. We wanted to share that with you and because we want to encourage you that sometimes on the way to what you think is an answered prayer, there's a derail. It's like the train goes off the tracks. You're like, wait a minute, God. I thought, and I prayed for, and it's not happening the way I thought. But the way what we prayed for was a baby. 
And the way it came to us was not the way we would have ever thought or dreamed. But now, 22 years later, we're still celebrating. We're still thanking God. And we're watching this young lady grow into a beautiful young woman. Mm-hmm. And she's finding her skills and her grace. And she's she works with us at our church. She does all things digital, does all of our video work, our website, all the anything technological. She is like a, a genius. That's her superpower. And to think that I knocked a doctor out of the way to get her <laughs> arms. <laughs> oh my gosh, I still can't believe I did that. Okay. But you know what? We were seeing a miracle happen. Mm-hmm. We experienced a miracle. Mm-hmm. And what an amazing thing. We want to encourage you. If you're in the middle of a situation or a scenario where you're thinking, there's no way this is going to work out. Listen, we thought the same thing. We thought it wasn't going to happen. We thought it got derailed and it didn't. But it, the, trust God in how it's going to come. Trust God with the outcome. And whatever the outcome is, as you're trusting in Him, it will be way better than the way you wanted it. Right. So I'm thankful and I've learned through these years. I'm sometimes glad God doesn't answer my prayers because I don't always ask in the right way and the right motive and the right. I don't know. I don't. I'm, the Bible says we. We see in part that we we see dimly through a through a glass as through a, or we see our reflection as through a glass or a mirror. It's not the real thing, and so we don't have the whole picture, but God does, and that's where trust comes in. So I hope you've been encouraged today. I, I want to give some shout outs as we land the plane here. So thankful we've got friends that are listening to us on Amazon, Apple, Spotify. Fountain has been a great blessing to us. And we've got folks even supporting us on Fountain uh, through Boostergrams and encouragement. And I want to just thank again, Dreb Scott, of course, the keeper. We know who the keeper is. Tina, dear friend of ours. Adam Curry. Adam the Podfather Curry, who's just become one of my dearest friends and somebody I'm so proud of. And guess what? What? He's going to get baptized. Oh, my gosh. Finally. so awesome. I am so so excited. excited When Tina told me on Sunday, I... I was I I could have screamed in church. Yeah, yeah. I it has been such a joy watching Adam and Tina's yes. journey of faith as they keep putting one foot in front of the other, and they're leaking out. Their buckets are just leaky. As and he went on Joe Rogan last yeah, week. He was on the Joe Rogan. Yeah, his faith and what God yeah. was doing in his life for about twenty to thirty minutes. We were shocked. Yeah, the Joe Rogan experience from last week. You should listen to it. It's really powerful. About an hour thirty-five, hour forty into it, um, Adam just turned the corner and began talking about his his faith journey and his really beautiful and how he came to to know that jesus was the son of god and And he's real and it's powerful just power so we're super proud i got off track because i'm so excited about that (laughs) sir brian with an eye we love you bro thank you so much for your support and your encouragement enjoyed the the chats back and forth gilligan also supporting us and and giving us sats and boosts and Colomona, Absurdient, uh, JDP. Um, I'm trying to read these right. I love sushi. I love that one. That's awesome. And uh, Hugo Melo, thank you so much. And uh, Technological, uh, KNO, that's awesome. And uh, the Dirty Jersey, I'm just going to say girl. It's not a word I want to repeat. So, <laughs> so thankful for all of you. Be blessed. Be encouraged this week. We want you to live up in a down world. And we want you to know Jesus and in fact, I'll just say it this way. This week, do this for me. Enjoy 
God enjoying you. Much love to you. Have a great week. Good night.